A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dudley boys, Michael Hamflut from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views, we have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on wrestle culture, as I said, they're joined by Michael Hamlet, and so we are gathered here. We are socially distanced here today, for the time being, at least, to talk about Queen of the Ring. There have been rumours of this for the uh, last few weeks. I think it was Raj Giri of Wrestling Inc. who first broke the news. And then earlier on this week, uh, Andrew Zarian of the Mat Men Pro Wrestling Podcast, who's really reliable with the recent news stories, seem to suggest that, yes, we are getting a Queen of the Ring tournament. It may commence around the beginning of October, start on SmackDown, feature on Raw, and trust me, we will get to allegedly where the finals are going to be held. But first of all, Michael Hamflet, about bloody time, eh? Totally, totally. Um, you mentioned that the rumours have been sort of swirling the last few weeks, but this is something that's gone back years, hasn't it? Um, it's felt at least like they've had the rosters on the shows to be able to do it uh, for the longest time now. I would say six years probably. Um, and it was one of those remaining things. And I, I haven't loved that WWE have felt the need to almost tick the box of giving, like of providing like a woman's alternative to a stipulation on every pay-per-view. I would rather you have a bolstered division and then say elimination chamber comes around and one match warrants the chamber and it's the woman's match because it's the best story or Hell in a Cell or whatever. Like, uh, I think the parity was never the problem. I, th- I think Stephanie Mann just wanted to come out and say, for the first time ever, we're going to have an all-woman's no-DQ match. And it's mm. like, you just want these first. You want the lay claim. and all. It's great. Like, I like that we get two rumbles. That's absolutely the way it should be. Um, like I say, Elimination Chamber, Hell in a Cell. Money in the Bank, probably somewhere in the middle. Like, the parity is obviously necessary, but... It's all about the booking of the division. And that's why this Queen of the Ring is one of the better ones to come along like this. Because theoretically, and hopefully, um, this will be thought about. And it will take not just a winner, 
but it will potentially take losing semi-finalists or losing quarter-finalists and actually give them something of purpose and of value again. Because the booking is always the most important thing of these divisions over the last, I would say, year, maybe a little bit more. Um, they were probably getting away with it with Becky Lynch on top in the last few months before the pandemic hit. But the booking of the women's division outside of when Sasha and Bailey were carrying it across all three shows <laughs> has been abysmal, like absolutely abysmal. Criminal, either in the form of rep- uh, representation, mm-hmm. in the form of quality of storytelling, uh, with a distinct lack of depth or care or attention. And it is, they've been very, very lucky that this has flown under the radar in the way it has. So the Queen of the Ring, especially coming around at a time when fans are returning, feels like it might be getting, along with the loading of talent on the SmackDown and Raw lately, feels like it might be an attempt to address that now that there's people back in the buildings. Yeah, I mean, you and I have spoken on numerous occasions, along with the rest of the guys uh, on the team, what culture wrestling team, about the astonishing decision to not do another Evolution pay-per-view, for example. Oh, yeah. uh, or a May Young Classic. I think the last one of them was 2018, perhaps. Mm. And uh, I know Vince isn't a fan of tournaments, but it's a really easy way to establish new storylines, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, A bracket creates a series of matches in a believable sporting framework, but it's off the back of those matches that you spin off storylines. How often, to use a WWE example, because, you know, not all of their recent tournaments, eliminators, all that sort of thing has done this. Typically annually the dusty cup brackets don't look that interesting to preview and then we suddenly have loads of conversations to have after the fact they you get a lot of really interesting pairings a lot of interesting sub stories within those pairings that kind of sets you away with a couple of dream combinations that you maybe didn't realize you wanted mm. until they suddenly arrived as a possibility and yeah i think this women's division again like all of this as usual is caveated with if they do a good job of booking it but I think these women's divisions across like Raw and SmackDown, I'm assuming NXT won't be involved, but they really need this if done right. Mm. And, you know, we, we've talked about it just recently uh, with regards Baron Corbin up until the sad Corbin gimmick. And we are recording this ahead of SmackDown, so goodness knows what they'll have done with him. This <laughs> yeah. week. Um, but aside from that, it, the, 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 the performance of him in that King of the Ring tournament to get himself crowned king, which was, you know, frustrating that it wasn't Chad Gable, but there wasn't like a massive outcry because of the way he performed, just showcased what this sort of tournament could do. So let's have a look uh, and talk about some of the uh, outside bets, the favourites, potential surprise entrance, and someone who's going to be conspicuous by her absence when we're talking about all of that. And let's start with some of your favourites for this tournament, Hamlet. Um. Boring answers first, if that's okay, mm-hmm. because this is a tournament and it rewards people who are able to string lots and lots of wins together. Asker and Shayna Baszler, um, meet and drink tournament wrestlers. And I know that, again, it doesn't sort of, it, it feels very much like this kind of dated take of, oh, WWE, man, what are you doing with Asker or what are you doing with Shayna? The reality is, is they just don't give a toss what to do with anybody. Mm. So every now and then, like your favourites will be in a position where they're getting used to the fullest of their abilities and strengths. And then sometimes they've got to be distracted by James Ellsworth or <laughs> Reginald, respectively. But Asker and Shayna Baszler leap out to me as people that you put in opposite ends of the brackets and you look at that bracket and you think, well, that would be a pretty amazing final. Um, because what's happened is that the tournament has had this restorative power 
over these two once amazing winners, these people that could not be stopped, and then one after another, bulldoze, 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 and make it to the final. And you've got the someone that already calls herself the Queen of Spades and somebody that calls herself an Empress of Tomorrow. They've kind of already ascended to their own personal thrones, make them this historic first Queen of the Ring. Again, it's the story is almost identical, but if you put them at the top or the bottom of the bracket, it's a pretty cool thing to do. Which one's going to go further than the other one? Who's going to like slip up? We'll both hold pace all the way through to the final. Will they out? Will they sort of stare at each other in a passing corridor on semi-final night? That sort of thing. Um, the match isn't overly fresh, but a tournament final makes it feel fresh again. Um, so yeah, those would like leap out to me as favourites. And the other one, only because um, SmackDown appeared to be wanting us to receive her as a potential favourite from Money in the Bank is Liv Morgan. Mm. Um, she ultimately didn't really make that much of an impact in the ladder match. She didn't leave much memorable behind. But her selling was fantastic. She played underdog really, really well. So in contrast to Shayna and Asuka, you have somebody that has got nothing but determination and has got nothing left to lose, ultimately. She will give everything to this Queen of the Ring tournament because what else can she do to like fulfil what she believes is some sort of destiny. I think there's a lot of cool narrative implications about Liv Morgan's journey through a tournament like this um, against potential dominant figures like Asuka and Shayna. Yeah, I, I said we'll talk about someone else who also has Queen in her name in due course. Uh, but also I would assume people like, you know, Becky Lynch, who may have made a, hopefully will have made a big return. You'd probably keep her away from this because she doesn't really need something like this as much as they'd like to crown, you know, the inaugural Queen of the Ring. They're going to want to make some, someone special. But yeah, would you keep her out of it? And in addition... Would you have the champions be involved in this, a la the sort of G1, perhaps? Um, no, but only for the... Like, I love it in the G1. But, you know, this is not apples and oranges. This is apples and coffee tables. It's just... Um, WWE doesn't really fit putting champions in tournaments like this because, you know, to, to pile on what you've said there, really, this can really help somebody really, really help somebody. Um, and what you're doing in helping somebody is trying to prep them for a future title shot or prep them for being a contender in the first place. And as you say with Becky Lynch, she doesn't necessarily feel like she needs that. I'm aware that kind of undermines the prize itself by having people that feel like that this is below them and this is beneath them. But you should be able to have your cake and eat it here. You can keep champions out. You can keep the likes of Becky Lynch out um, without saying overtly, well, I don't need to get out of bed for the Queen of the Ring. You know, you don't need to bury it by them not doing it. You just kind of keep them busy elsewhere. Um, and, f like, for what it's worth, what WWE often did with the King of the Ring, I can think of at least twice, and there was kind of the, it went unmentioned a lot of times, that the winner got a title shot. Mm. So it's not just getting a crown. It's it's not just the winner is the queen. <laughs> it's, it's the potential prestige of what's to come after the fact. And as we found out with Baron Corbin, great riches. So, you know, there are there are inbuilt stakes that kind of work around needing to put the champions in it. Let's deal with the elephant in the room then. Charlotte Flair, would you have her involved? Because my concern is WWE thinks Queen of the Ring, well, Charlotte's Queen, just give it to her. However, maybe you play with that. Obviously, you, you have a feature in it, but then maybe some sort of shock loss, whether or not, you know, a bit like when, 
when Lesnar was in the Rumble, I remember we talked about right who wins the Rumble to challenge Lesnar, but also who eliminates Lesnar because that's like a secondary storyline. So it's it, potentially, obviously, like you say, you can build numerous people and numerous storylines throughout this tournament. But you could almost have the winner who gets a title shot, but also the person who eliminates Charlotte Flair as well. How would you how would you play it with her? I assume you she's not someone you want to win this tournament because of all everyone, including Becky Lynch, she needs it the least. I mean, it's a worry where they're already going by the Queen as a nickname and it being something that you could very easily visualise. They mm. pretty much only need to add a crown to her head and they've already got the aesthetic, haven't they? Let's be honest. Like she emerges from a throne instead of just walking out or something like that. Um, but we should play with that dread. They really should. Charlotte is a perfect, perfect losing semi-finalist for this tournament. Um, she wins in her opening round match. Let's say it's a round of, let's say it's quarterfinal. I'd love it to be a round of 16, hmm. but I'm not sure they've got the depth or commitment of wanting to book that big. So let's say it's a quarterfinal, semi-final, final. She wins a quarterfinal match um, and then goes into the semi-final. And this is where someone like Liv Morgan adds tremendous value. So let's use Liv Morgan. Um and you know WWE is a mean-spirited company, for one. You know that Charlotte Flair is a easy pick to be the queen and mm-hmm. have this as yet another thing she can talk about. So you know full well they might goddamn do it. Um, but they've done a reasonable job of selling you Liv Morgan as an effective underdog. That, if me and you were doing a preview podcast, is something intriguing to talk about. The predictions, the leap of faith that everybody will be taking with hoping Liv Morgan will win. And the pop when she does. The huge bap when she does, because people will dread Charlotte Flair winning this thing. And when she wins a quarterfinal, she's one step closer. Um, Then Olive Morgan or whomever goes to the final with that scalp. So that has empowered them. Again, keeping the names because I've said them, but these are really are interchangeable. Let's use Liv Morgan and let's say that it was Shayna Baszler working from the other end of the bracket. All of a sudden, Liv Morgan's just beating Charlotte Flair. So you don't have to bet against her against Shayna Baszler in a situation that otherwise would be heavily weighted in the favour of this, another person that calls herself a queen, you know, and that's without factoring in several other little key components of this tournament. I love tournaments, man. God, I love tournaments. <laughs> they're, like, they're so easy to make brilliant mm. and it is frustrating when they botch them because they're so great. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, let's talk about some of the outside bets for Queen of the Ring then. Because like you say, I mean, I suppose you could consider Shayna Baszler an outside bet because she was always the one getting pinned in that sodding tag team. But still, there are other people that could really use something like this. I'm thinking of people like Naomi, for example, who need something to reestablish themselves or someone who's just arrived like a Tony Storm. Are they names you would consider? Yeah, both amazing shouts. Um, As you say with Naomi, the weird stubbornness they've got, not just to not give her a belt, but to not even give her contention. They never... Tag belts don't count. They never, ever elevated to the point where you'd believe it would be a singles title threat. Like, not since she's lost the belt. And mm. I don't get it. I just do not get it. Um, it is it is maybe a reality of two things. One, the pandemic. And two, that fans don't have the energy to fight anymore. That Naomi has not become the latest Becky Lynch slash Daniel Bryan slash CM Punk. Mm. Because you could probably reel off about five separate examples of her getting one of the biggest pops of the night of how I'm going to say it as much of a ticket seller. I believe that entrance to be now that the gates are open again. Um, she connects, she really connects and she can go and there's evidence that she can go and that she can carry the belt believably. And yet like she barely even gets a story. And when she does, it's just tertiary concern stuff. So I think she'd be brilliant in this setting. Really, really good. Um, again, Tournaments are great. So she either plays a devastated loser fantastically or somebody that makes it all the way to the final and somebody you absolutely hang all your hope on. Tony Storm, and a completely different story. Somebody that everybody knows has got real pedigree. So she doesn't have to be an underdog, but she's just arrived on SmackDown. Mm. So they can believably say she's not a favourite. But then she can say, uh, I don't know if you know, but there was a prestigious women's tournament once upon a time that I won. And look who I beat in the final. And look who I beat along the way. And look how important that was. I can do this. I can do tournament wrestling. I've got the head for it. I've got the ability and the experience for it. You kind of get both with a Tony Storm. Mm. Um, and then, you know, elsewhere on the roster, um, Shotzi and Knox are both newbies, but they've come in as partners. So what happens if they could potentially be drawn against each other? Mm-hmm. Um, Natalia, if she ends up facing some time on the shelf, I don't know how much this pains you to hear. Tamina's over, and it's weird. Mm. Like, she gets responses. The crowd have just decided to adopt her. Lean in, you know? Like, if Natalia's injured, lean in and have Tamina go on the journey or something like that. Um, Zelina Vega gets gets beaten in a qualifier, obviously. Uh, Yeah, there's so many characters that can get so many things that play play to their different sort of characteristic strengths. And again, that's what tournaments are for. It's not Wrestling isn't real. So <laughs> manipulate all of this to bring the best out of everybody. A uh, few more bits of admin. Uh, would you have people like Alexa or Rhea Ripley involved in this? Um, it depends. It depends. Alexa Bliss is an interesting one because she once made a man vomit tar. Alexa, off! Alexa, don't vomit car. <laughs> she, what's that? Alexa's, what was that? Something about a sock? 
Reminds me of a lot of people watch Raw when Alexa's on. Um, yeah, she made a man vomit tar once. And there was another time, I don't know if you remember, a guy that had been burnt to death, she <laughs> brought back to life from inside a jack-in-the-box. So that's pretty cool. Box and yet, yeah. a box-like structure, thank you, yeah. And yet, in a, a Royal Rumble or a ladder match, her powers apparently abandon her because she comes up short when it counts. So I, pardon me for being a bit of an old cynic, I dare say she maybe undermines the concept of all of this if she enters mm. the tournament. What's up? The brackets are blending. You know, um, Rhea Ripley, um, I could see this happening in conjunction with Rhea Ripley being in a programme for the women's title. Yeah. So, and that's a slightly boring reason why, but I just feel like she'll have other business to attend to. And I, I guess we could say the same, we've mentioned Charlotte, but I guess we could say the same about Nikki A.S.H. as well. Yeah. This current crop looks like the lot that will be our lot for the preceding few months. And if Queen of the Ring is happening relatively soonish, doesn't seem like there'll be much of a thirst or a need to drop those into it. Yeah, Bianca, Zasha, just the same. Um, yeah, yeah. If we're going to, in a dream scenario, I'd have 16 women in this tournament. Mm. I'd have a, a wider, you know, round of 16, quarterfinal, semifinal, final. Just doing a bit of quick maths. That allows for six women from Raw, six women from SmackDown, and then, of course, four wild cards, to use a WWE term, entries. Would yeah. you maybe have some surprise entrance in there and maybe even, you know, uh, a smattering of NXT talent, you know, uh, uh, just to remind people what Casey Catanzaro can do, for example, on uh, NXT or, or someone along the, along those lines or a Saray or I don't know, but that combined with a, calm down, Phil Chambers, Molly Holly just hoid in there, would I think would be a really great idea. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think you have the opportunity... I think you could do something like one legend, uh, one NXT, or two, I guess. But like, say if there is four spaces, one legend, one NXT, Mako Satamura as the NXT Women's Champion, oh. or Kaylee Ray as this legendary figure from that brand. One of the only few things that's ever had any pedigree to it is Kaylee Ray's title run. Um, Case Catanzaro is going to be my examples. Candice LeRae, another, somebody that would be great at having a bit of a run perhaps makes it to the quarterfinals um, maybe even the semifinals as a way to remind the main roster who lurks beneath on NXT as potential future threats on the main roster. If indeed she ever gets called up, I guess um, the index storyline makes the jump oh. to the roster <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Short answer though. Yes, absolutely. Um, open the field wide. You have plenty of, as we've seen with like the Battle Royals and the various other events that have, the Royal Rumbles even, there are lots of women that love getting the opportunity to come back to this version of women's wrestling because of what they had to endure once before. Mm. Like ex-divas that were just shit on all the time in their original runs that get the call and they're like, yeah, we want you for this show. Bring your gear. It's a wrestling match. Uh, Molly's a fine example, but even if you think of the likes of a Tory Wilson that was never known for her in-ring, but now comes back and gets the tights and boots on and gets the opportunity to like try a few things. Kelly Kelly, the same. Um, in terms of credible people, Michelle McCool would mm -hmm. be an awesome round of 16 shock qualifier. Remember that run she had in the 2018 Royal Rumble? 
It's I Fields wide open. Do a round of 16. Yes, you really should. Yeah, I just really like it. I know it could just be as simple as an Ember Moon and people saying, oh, I remember her. And they say, she's on NXT. If you want, she can do some yeah. mad eclipse to someone. Or maybe it's a Frankie Monet from NXT. Like you're spoilt for choice, like you say, with Candice. With, I know she's probably going to be involved, or maybe, I don't know, depending on dates, what's don't know what's going to be going on. Dakota Kai, obviously, yeah. merits an appearance. Uh, Yo Shirai, first step to introducing her to the main roster. Yes, please. Another, another tournament experience story you could tell with Yo Shirai as well. And yeah, like you say, Michelle McCool, uh, Molly Holly, obviously. My brain, I know she, I think, I think she's retired, but she popped up, obviously, at the start of this year. I always want to see more of Victoria in the ring because yeah, yeah, like that was great. got the ball with her. And in terms of, you know, uh, getting me interested in a first round match, for example, if you say, oh, who's, let me just pick a name out of off this list here. Who's, uh, I don't mean to be offensive or anything, but who's Dana Brooke going to be facing, for example, in the first round? And then, surprise, it's Victoria. Yeah, well, suddenly really. I care about watching that match on Monday Night Raw mm-hmm. or whenever it may be. So there's so much potential here, here effectively. Let's conclude talking about this. <laughs> it's a really positive podcast, this, isn't it? Yeah, by talking about the rumours, speculation, whatever you want to call it, about the finals of this tournament being in Saudi Arabia. I mean, oh. don't get me wrong, it's progressive. I, just, like, I don't know how to feel about this. How do you feel, Hamlet? Like, we said all this at the time. I know for a fact all this stuff exists in our archives. It's not progressive, is it? It's them telling you it's progressive. Yes. It's not. That's 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 what it was then. I remember us making it very clear that the distinction was between the way that WWE was presenting what was happening and the genuine um, glee and joy on the faces of the, the women in attendance, that was real to them. And that was pretty cool. But... What was happening at the same time, I think, as the it was either the Bailey match or the um, Lacey Evans match, had women just been allowed to drive? Am I, am I remembering that correctly? I mean, for sake, like, don't tell me, Vince, that your wrestling match is moving things forward when it's like 2019 or whatever and women have only just been allowed to get behind the wheel when, I don't know, Saudi, like, read some stats, they're probably safer. Um, I just, like, what are they going to do? Get, like, special King of the Ring final game made? What's the point? It's going to make you wear a big T-shirt. Yeah. Like progressive it like it's progressive in inverted commas it's pretty in cynical um you know we have to this feels like the right time to bring in the fact that it was the best maybe the best all-round pay-per-view of the entire decade evolution of the 2010s mm. i remember saying that a little while ago when we were doing end of decade lists and it was certainly a contender and we cannot forget that one of the reasons that happened is because it was due to take place, what, like a week before Crown Jewel 2018, the mm-hmm. Khashoggi show, and they were looking for the easiest, oh, look over there, <laughs> while they made sure they got everybody over to this disgusting blood money event, the worst of the bunch, and uh, distract everybody with this incredible gesture of goodwill where the wrestlers knock it out of the park and you're riding such a higher positivity on Sunday that it comes to the following Friday and you'd be like, oh, they do it. Oh, yeah, oh, Christ, it's a Saudi thing, isn't it? But at this point, you're like, Oh yeah, maybe his mask and wig fell off, but how good was Evolution? Yes, you know, like even that, even that had this little. Ugh. So it wouldn't surprise me, truthfully, if yet again the women were kind of used as pawns a bit, 
and all of this tournament was for and look at the time of year. It's going to be a crown jewel, isn't it? They're not going to have a final at Super Showdown. So yeah. the corporate synergy is pretty strong. Um, aye. It's, I mean, I, when I was a kid, the King of the Rings were crowned by uh, Mean Gene Oakland or Todd Pettengill. Like, I'm sure the Saudi lot will be keeping the fingers crossed that this can be Yokozuna with the Ultimate Warrior putting the crown on the woman's head. So they'll get the ceremony they want. Just so, yeah, that's my thing of, of like, do it on Raw, do it on SmackDown, do it on XT for me. But, I just, the crowning moment of the inaugural Queen of the Ring, I just don't think it'll be received in the, in the same way. Like, as much as they like to cut to shots of the crowd who are wowed by women's wrestling, there is still that undercurrent there, isn't there? Yeah, maybe, um, you know, like, obviously, a, a new queen sits atop her throne and the commentators have to say, look at all of these people. They want the uh, queen to stay hydrated. That's why they're throwing bottles at her. <laughs> I'm joking. It actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, keep in tune to what culture because we're getting back to frigging Saudi shows and none of us know how to deal with it. We've got to, we've got to cram in the extra ones that we've missed. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, concluding here then, uh, if you had to bet your house on the first Queen of the Ring, who are you going for? And you're not allowed to pick Charlotte Flair, by the way. <laughs> not allowed, I was going to say, I was not allowed to pick Charlotte Flair. I'm just going to have the cynical WWE route. You know what? Firsts, they've got nothing else better going for her. How much you can use it and how much you can rebuild with it. And because I think the, like the Baron Corbin one, I think the themed Queen get up would look awesome. I'll go with Shayna Baszler. Queen of Spades oh. crown. Queen of Spades crown. Don't get my hopes up like this. I've, I've calmed Dread down. It. Dread it, run from it. It's another rescue job. I've finally just accepted. Well, that's that then. And then they're going to do another elimination chamber where I go. So you're telling me there's a chance. You remember, Wilborn, I don't know if you recall this. Um, there was a match in 2020. I will definitely have to jog your memory. Where Shayna Baszler ran through the whole field in the elimination chamber. I don't know if you recall. Um, who was the best at selling, getting absolutely murked? It was Liv Morgan, wasn't it? Yeah. What a final. Liv Morgan's panicked expression in the Kurafuda clutch as she reaches literally for a crown that is just just that little bit too far away. And in theory, that sort of sticks with what they did with the last King of the Ring that Corbin won because they did the Raw bracket and the SmackDown bracket, if you remember. That's true, um, that's right, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to pick Liv Morgan now, aren't I? Because <laughs> I was thinking maybe Tony Storm, but Tony Storm doesn't necessarily need it. She can just keep winning and get into a title picture that way. Like you say, it's, it's not necessarily a make Maybe it's Sasha Banks. Maybe it's Sasha Banks. Mm. Having said all this, because... What a reliable, and that sounds really like backhanded compliment, but what, you know, Bailey or Sasha Banks, not going to be Bailey, obviously, but it's people who the company are like, look at this star that we've yeah, always had, and yeah. now they've got this added to it. But I'd hope, yeah, that it's someone who either needs a massive rebuild job, which they shouldn't, but, you know, it's WWE, so a Shayna Baszler, or someone who just needs a bit like a Royal Rumble win or a Money in the Bank win, that little step to take them over the top and that could well be a Liv Morgan and her mm. defying the odds and, and winning that and getting a future title opportunity down the line could be really really good but at least they're bloody doing it that's the main thing what uh, one more as well I like I know you won't give a Charlotte flower and I do understand that because we can't just go down the like path of least resistance Shane McMahon 
<laughs> I was going to say, well, you could get some sort of Shane McMahon-esque thing that I'd actually be like, you know what? It's a load of bollocks because they haven't competed in any of the previous rounds and they just insert themselves in the final. But if Sonny Deville wants to do it, I'm going <laughs> to That would be pretty cool, actually, yeah. Uh, I, thought you, I thought you were cleaning all up to say, Stephanie. They're going to be like, well, I invented all of this. Please, no. Any... Uh, Anyone but Charlotte or Steph, I'll take. I'll take anyone, please. I promise. Oh, we're good. Uh, right, okay. Let us know your thoughts uh, on your favourites and what you expect to happen for King, Queen of the Ring. See, it's the first time ever. I'm, I'm not used to saying it. <laughs> the Queen of the Ring 2021. Bloody love a tournament. More of this sort of thing, WWE, please. Uh, let us know your thoughts. At What Culture WWE on Twitter. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 